Okay, we're going to move into the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number two. This is undoubtedly season number five. We started the Teal Shirt Report podcast back in uh, mid-January of 2020. Actually, just a couple of months before it was known that COVID was taking place. Officially, I think uh, COVID, according to those in the know, COVID came into play back in March of 2020. I remember there was a state soccer championship, I believe, by the Bishop Kenny girls in Jacksonville, kind of like in early to mid-March. And then right after that, COVID came into play like, like I believe, mid-March of 2020. So now we've gotten through COVID. Um, you know, they still have the, they got the new COVID vaccine out. You can get a flu shot. You can get all that. And I, I believe it's a personal choice. You can get it if you want to. If you don't want to get it, that's your choice. America is full of choices, right? The Jacksonville Jaguars and general manager Trent Baalke, they had choices. Guys to draft, guys to sign in free agency. We're going to take a look at these statistics. You know, the main stat is the fact the team went 9-8, and eight, did battle through a four-game losing streak. Keep in mind, there was another team, the San Francisco 49ers, had a three-game losing streak after their initial five-game winning streak. Then I think the 49ers, after their three-game winning streak, reeled off like, I think, six wins in a row. And I believe San Francisco was actually, they earned the top seed in the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, they're going on. Man, we were three and three in our picks against the spread. We're gonna we're gonna take a look at the Jaguar statistics. I found them for the 2023 season. And we're also gonna talk about playoffs on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens had the bye in the AFC. The San Francisco 49ers had the bye in the NFC. We're absolutely brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital. For your real estate needs uh, here in North Florida, see Larry Saucer. His link for his for, for, to go to the website of Saucer Realty and Capital is on our website at BigJReport.com. Man, it is cold this morning, 31 in Jacksonville. On this, this is Wednesday morning. We're recording this podcast Wednesday morning, January the 17th. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida, got down to 31. Lake City, Florida, 30. Up in Brunswick, Georgia, 28. Albany, Georgia, 21. Some of the temperatures I, I happened to glance at from the National uh, Weather Service earlier this morning. All those temperatures taking place in the 6 o'clock hour around 6.45 a.m. on um, January the 17th of 2024. Again, we're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, Saucer Realty and Capital. Larry, man, does a great job with your real estate needs, whether you're buying or selling. And a great thing Larry offers is Saucer Valuations, which means that he can actually, um, you know, put a price on property. He can, he can value it. Saucer valuations. He can say it's worth this, it's worth that, 
in reality, I guess it's probably what somebody's willing to pay for it, right? Or sell it for. So Larry's done and uh, has a lot of experience. He's, he's done property appraisals and he's got a lot of experience in appraising property for complete real estate, uh, complete real estate service, whether you're buying or selling, whether it's uh, home residential business or commercial real estate, uh, check out Saucer Realty and Capital on our website, on our homepage at bigjreport.com. You'll find the, you'll find the links for Saucer Realty and Capital on our homepage, on our website at bigjreport.com. Scroll and scroll until you find the uh, complete North Florida weather information. Again, it was a cold one um, this morning as we're recording on a Wednesday morning, January the 17th of 2024. Playoffs. San Francisco and Baltimore had the bye. So they're waiting for these other games to be played from this past weekend, last weekend's NFL playoffs, first round. I'll call it the first round. The playoffs for me really don't get real till the final eight teams are all in there. Because when I was a kid years ago in the 70s, they only had eight teams in the playoffs. So that's always registering in my mind. So the first week is in the books. Now the real playoffs start with the final eight teams. Who made it to the real playoffs? Well, San Francisco and Baltimore had the bye, so they're in. Um, and now the six playoff games. I had Houston, and Houston won. The Houston Texans, 45. The Cleveland Browns, 14. A couple of pick sixes by Joe Flacco in the second half of that game. Otherwise, it was a pretty good game in the first half. For Jaguars fans, what I noticed in this game, the differences in the teams that have made the playoffs and the teams that haven't, or, you know, isolating on the Jaguars, the Jaguars have got some good pieces on defense. However, is it the scheme? Is it the coaching? Well, the defensive coordinator, Mike Codwell, has already been fired, and now they're doing interviews for uh, new defensive coordinators to be hired by Coach Doug Peterson and probably approved by Trent Baalke, the guy he wants to hire, I'm assuming. But I'm sure Doug will – the guy he picks is the guy that will be hired. What I noticed in the Cleveland-Houston game was this. They were attacking the football. There were three or four guys going after the ball carrier and gang tackling by Cleveland and especially by Houston because they won the game. But Cleveland has a very good run defense, and I think it starts up front. I'm, I'm not sure the Jaguars go to the draft to find a rookie to play defensive line, but maybe there's a free agent or two that the Jags can get on a one-year prove-it deal that'll come in and prove it one or two guys up front. I think actually the guys they have now can probably do the job with perhaps the right scheme, the right coaching. I still think there probably should be one or two new defensive linemen signed in free agency. In the draft, I think the Jaguars have absolutely got to go for offensive linemen early, at least one in the first round, wide receiver in the second round. That's how I'm calling it when the NFL draft takes place. And that's way down the road in April of 2024. A lot can happen. It's going to depend on who general manager Trent Baalke signs during March madness in the, in the free agent frenzy in March before the 
draft comes up in April, but that's kind of the way I see it at the moment. I want to thank uh, LakeUfallahits.com. Absolutely great internet radio where it's absolutely all good. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. They have really iconic songs, the recognizable and identifiable hits during the banker's hours, Monday through Friday from morning to afternoon. Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday night. Midnight Rock at midnight, Central Time, 1 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. And they have Rock Saturdays, too. If you've been looking for a really good internet radio station, check them out. Absolutely check them out. LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio. You'll find a link for LakeUfallahits.com right on our website in the Neighbors 2 area. Also, the Mad Max Mix. I hope to talk to Max real soon. I know his show is each Wednesday evening from 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock Eastern Time, the themadmaxmix.weebly.com. Great classic rock request, music, pop classics too. Check out the themadmaxmix.weebly.com. So back to the, the NFL playoff scoreboard, Houston Texans 45, Cleveland Browns 14. I was pulling for Houston. I'm sure a lot of Jags fans probably weren't because they're kind of a rival. I think the Tennessee Titans are probably the Jaguars' biggest rivalry, though. But Houston made the playoffs. They won more games than the Jaguars. They were 10-7. and seven. The Jaguars were 9-8. and eight. Houston really had a good second half. And I'm going to tell you, the quarterback Houston has, he, he's a good player. And he's a rookie. He's going to be the rookie of the year in my mind and in my opinion. Um, he's at least the top rookie quarterback that's come into the league now. C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. The guy makes good throws, makes pretty pretty darn good decisions. Um, he, um, in my mind, is smooth. He strikes me as smooth and a guy that gets rid of the ball quickly. Houston won the game. Houston Texans 45, Cleveland Browns 14. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs 26, Miami 7. This was a game that... You know, my executive producer, J.C., was thinking Miami would upset Kansas City, and I kind of was, too. Miami did not get the running game going in Kansas City like perhaps we thought they would. They did lose 26-7. to Kansas City's a loud place on the road. It was cold. I, I just don't think Miami at times is that physical a team. I didn't think Kansas City was a really physical team either, but, man, Kansas City showed us something in the playoffs. They held Miami to seven points, and Kansas City won the game. Kansas City Chiefs 26, Miami Dolphins 7. Uh, the Buffalo Bills stayed ahead of Pittsburgh most of the day. Pittsburgh tried to make it close uh, in the second half, but Buffalo pulled away, and Buffalo won the game. The snow had to be removed the day before. The, the game was actually moved from Sunday to Monday was a late Monday afternoon game. I think the kickoff was around 4.30 Eastern time. Uh, Buffalo Bills won the game. Buffalo Bills 31, Pittsburgh 17. Maybe the game that's absolutely – and the Buffalo Bills, I picked Buffalo to win. They were favored by, I think, 10 points, and they, they covered the 10 points by winning by 14. Buffalo Bills 31, Pittsburgh Steelers 17. The game that probably surprised me absolutely the most was the Dallas-Green Bay game. Green Bay got off to a massive start. Dak had some interceptions in the game early, and 
The Cowboys got way behind in this one, but they battled back. But they just, it was just too little too late. They got too far behind. I mean, Green Bay put 48 points. You got to give Jordan Love credit. The quarterback who played a couple of years, I believe, behind Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got traded to the Jets, and now he's the mainstay, the main guy. Was playing, you know, when Rodgers had some, you know, whenever he was injured, he was he was playing. So Jordan Love, this was the year he played the most. And Green Bay put up 48 points in Dallas. Green Bay Packers, 48. Dallas Cowboys, 32. My executive producer, JC, says, yeah, Green Bay has some good pieces, some good young tight ends on the roster. And Green Bay won the game. Green Bay, and they got their running back uh, back for this one as well. And he made a he made a difference. Green Bay Packers, 48. Dallas Cowboys, 32. Um the best game, the only game that was really super close was the Detroit-LA Rams game in Detroit. Detroit won the NFC North title, but Detroit is capable of now and then having a stinker. Well, this was not a stinker, but they won by one point. Detroit was a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I picked the Rams against the spread. The fact that Detroit won by one point means the Rams still beat the spread or whoever, you know, Pick the Rams, beat the spread. Um, Detroit Lions 24, Los Angeles Rams 23. So thus Detroit makes it to the final eight. And another game that, you know, I thought Philly would come back and have an uprising and do well and beat Tampa Bay. It did not happen. Something happened. Some, some people said, hey, the coach has lost the team. Now that doesn't happen very often where people say that, but Philadelphia lost this game down in Tampa. Tampa Bay Buccaneers 32, Philadelphia Eagles 9. Tampa Bay got the home field due to winning the NFC South division. While Philadelphia was a kind of a high wild card, um, Philadelphia Eagles 9, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 32. So the six teams advancing from the first round of the playoffs, Houston moves on, Miami's in the final. I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, Miami got beat. I had picked Miami. Um, again, <laughs> wishful thinking. Houston Texans won and move on. Chiefs won and move on. Buffalo Bills are moving into the next round, into the final eight. Buffalo 31, Pittsburgh Steelers 17. Buffalo moves into the final eight. Dallas lost to Green Bay. And I picked Dallas, and this one surprised me probably more than any of them. Green Bay 48, Dallas 32. So Green Bay moves into the final eight of the NFL. L.A. Rams lose by one point to Detroit 24-23. Detroit, been a long, long time since they won a division title. And been a, been a while since they won a playoff game. And Detroit moves into the final eight. And this is, for me, where the playoffs really start, the final eight. So San Francisco and Baltimore waiting every, you know, waiting for everybody with the buys. Um, top record in the AFC, Baltimore got a buy. San Francisco 49ers got a buy in the NFC. And now the six teams that joined them from winning in the first round, which is, I believe, is typically called the wild card round. Houston, Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay, uh, Detroit, and Tampa Bay. Those are your final eight teams along with Baltimore and San Francisco that got the buys. So that's a look at the playoff situation. 
round and round they go. These games surprised me. And you look at the games from round one, legitimately, there was really only one close game. Detroit Lions 24, LA Rams 23. Maybe there'll be closer games as we move into the final eight of the NFL playoffs. We'll talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars 2023 statistics coming up next on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number two. Giggler, our correspondent and supporter of the podcast and contributor, Gaylor said, number two, I asked him about number two, and right off the bat, he told me Rayshon Jenkins, and, you know, I should have known that, but Gaylor helps me with the numbers a lot of times, kind of like my spotter. You know, I was a, I was a spotter one time, was it in the old AFA, before the USFL started back in the early 80s, there was the, and I was starting out in radio, I, um, Worked for Jay Solomon. Um, I worked over at WJAX Radio for the first of two stints. Um, I was basically a radio intern. And, you know, then I got the job as a talk show host at WEXI. Did afternoon drive sports talk back in the early 80s. Man, that's going back a ways. Then I went, a couple of years after that, went back to WJX for a second stint over there. Worked at worked in terrestrial radio. I was adding up the years. It's longer than I thought. I, it was like 2025, 20, well over 2025 20, years in terrestrial radio. Almost 30 years, actually, when I got to adding everything up. So it's great to, now we're doing a podcast. That's right. Now, now we're doing a podcast. I want to thank John Gaylor for spotting the numbers for me. Number two, Rayshon Jenkins, whose probably biggest play as a Jaguars player took place last year when he had the pick six in the regular season in overtime as the Jaguars defeated the Cowboys in overtime last year at home during the 2022 season. It's amazing the Cowboys and Eagles already both out of the playoffs. So the Jags are at home. The Cowboys are at home. The Eagles are at home. And, uh, you know, one of those games from last week, you had, you know, Pittsburgh losing to Buffalo. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying, man, the Jags beat both of these teams. It was a it was a disappointing year. You go on a four-game losing streak at the wrong time. You lose five of your last six games. We'll take a look at the stats. Again, we're saluting Rayshon Jenkins, number two. He's a guy that, you know, one thing about Rayshon Jenkins, he may not be the best safety in the league, but he's exciting to watch. He makes a lot of tackles. He'll jump up and trash talk the other team, maybe maybe a little too much sometimes. But he comes up with big plays. But I like the fact he makes a lot of tackles. And, you know, the thing about the safeties and, you know, Andre Sisko, I've been critical of him at times, but he he got an interception here late in the season, too. So sometimes the safety position is tough because, man, you get run over by big wide receivers, tight ends, 
you know, the, some of the offensive linemen going downfield, chipping on you when you're trying to come in, maybe on a safety blitz. We don't see a lot of that, but the Jags need a strong safety. I'm really enamored with safety Antonio Johnson, who I think can play about everywhere in the defensive backfield, and he's already a really good special teamer. I think the Jags stole him in the fifth round out of Texas A&M in the late April 2023 draft pick. You might look back on it and say, hmm, could that have been one of Trent Baalke's best draft picks ever? And he was a fifth rounder. We've seen other fifth rounders flourish in the past as well. And sometimes a guy like Balky will hit on somebody. He probably is, as far as the draft goes, you know, I, I think, I think in 2021, Urban might've had a better draft because I think Urban was picking the majority of those players, at least early in the draft in 2021, Urban Meyer was only with the Jaguars, not even a, not even an entire season. Boy, he, 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 he caught, he, he caught it, didn't he? Man. Pressure from the very beginning. Peterson came in. Peterson's got the NFL pedigree, and he's gotten the Jags to a winning record in the last two years. But the Jags have not gone as far as the fan base thought they would go. I picked the Jags to go 11-6. and six. They disappointed me. They went 9-8. and eight. The Cincinnati loss, probably that loss probably cost us the playoffs right there. And, of course, that was, I think, the first loss in the four-game winning streak. That was the game of the four games that the Jags lost in a row. That was the toughest one. The Cleveland loss was tough, too. And then the team seemed to go downhill. I mean, we know Trevor Lawrence had, had some turnovers, but, man, the, the, the kid had the third-year quarterback had three injuries within a month, all basically during the four-game losing streak. We'll take a look at the stats now, and I appreciate John Gaylor, our contributor and supporter and correspondent of our podcast, uh, spotting number two, Rayshon Jenkins, here on episode show number two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Rayshon, a good player, probably best known for the pick six against Dallas last year that won that, won that game in overtime. One thing that impresses me with Rayshon, he does make a lot of tackles. Um, and he's, to me, he's not the biggest or the strongest safety, but sometimes that helps you in other areas, being elusive, uh, intercepting the passes and taking it back all the way. Like he did in the pick six against Dallas last year at home in 2022. Let's see if we're rolling here. Yeah, we're still rolling. Um, you know, I, I hold my breath when we do these segments because man, did it process. It's not like the old days uh, with the radio tower. Is the transmitter on? Is the tower working properly? Well, in our case, the internet's got to work properly. The laptop's got to work properly. And oh, yes, I got to keep the microphone on and plugged in. So we take a look at the stats now. Trevor Lawrence, he played in all games except one. C.J. Beathard played in that one. Trevor had 4,016 yards passing, rushing yards, a guy that reminds me of Mercury Morris a little bit from the old Dolphins, Miami Dolphins back in the early 70s. Um, 
Travis Etienne with 1,008 yards. He's quick. He's got the speed and kind of the way he runs uh, reminds me of old Mercury Morris a little bit. Mercury had the shoes, too. I loved his shoes. Um, Mercury looked like the shoes he wore were really, really white and looked like he was kind of skating down the field on socks or something back in the day. And, of course, I was a young, young kid watching football back then. So games played, um, Trevor Lawrence, 16 games. He, he missed, you know, the one game with the sprained right AC joint in his throwing arm, but he played 16 games, 370 completions and 564 attempts. He's well over 60%, uh, 65.6 on his percentage. So he's over 65% throwing the football. At 4,016 yards, 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Now, that's that's an area that's got to improve. Man, we need Trevor up around 30 TDs with interceptions dropping from 14 down to probably nine, eight, nine, or 10, maybe. Um, interceptions. Here's a guy that's underrated for the Jaguars, Darius Williams. I'm just going to take a look at the leading the leading guys right now. Darius Williams kind of went goes kind of goes under the radar. The kid originally from Northeast Florida played with the LA Rams early in his career. He had four interceptions. He had the most interceptions by the Jaguars defensive backs. Boyseid Alakoon, who should be in the Pro Bowl. Was he a Pro Bowl snub? You know, the playoffs are still going on, though. You know, if somebody decides not to go to the Pro Bowl, he's going to be in there. 173 tackles. Um, He's led the NFL in tackling like two out of the last three years. I think he might have just missed that this year, but I'll we'll, we'll take a look at that. Um, if not this podcast, in, in future podcasts, to try to do a comparison of defensive guys that make a lot of tackles across the league, but 173 tackles is really good. His tackles in a couple of games late in the year looked like they were down somewhat for whatever reason. Boisade Alicoon has been a great free agent signing. Um, he played his, you know, his early part of his career with the Atlanta Falcons at 173 tackles. Uh, Calvin Ridley, 1,016 yards. He was the leading he was a leading wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1,016 yards. Have you guys heard enough stats yet? Um, Travis Etienne, 3.8 yards per carry, 17 games played, and that's a plus 17 games played this year for Travis Etienne. And he battled some, you know, some injuries off and on throughout the year, 17 games played. Um, 267 carries, 1,008 yards for an average of 3.8 yards per carry. It's not bad. You like to see him, maybe a guy like that, get over four yards per carry. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had 339 yards rushing the football. He wasn't Bobby Douglas or Michael Vick, but he did run for 339 yards, a 4.8 yards per carry average. Tank Bigsby, you know, everybody says, oh, Tank was a little disappointing, and yes, he was. Um, 
Tank Bigsby actually played. He had some injuries too off and on, like a lot of players did. Tank Bigsby, rookie out of Auburn, third-round pick by GM Trent Baalke. 17 games played, toted the football 50 times, 132 yards, and kind of a poultry 2.6 yards per carry. His long run was 12, just two touchdowns for Tank Bigsby, and I kind of thought he'd be maybe, uh, you know, in and around the goal line type guy. Tank Bigsby, two touchdowns. Um, Travis Etienne had 11 touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence actually scored four touchdowns. And, you know, when you take a look at receiving numbers, you got to include Evan Ingram. You know, Calvin Ridley had 1,016 yards catching. Evan Ingram, 963 yards catching. Touchdowns, the guys that hit pay dirt. Calvin Ridley was kind of a home run guy. But maybe not a number one receiver in all 17 games. In fact, a lot of people say, you know, Calvin Ridley's not a number one receiver. He's a 1B. He's just a home run threat, nothing more, nothing less. Calvin Ridley had eight touchdown catches. Evan Ingram had four TD catches. Christian Kirk, who got injured late in the year, and he couldn't he couldn't play in that last game. I think he was a scratch, John Gaylor told me. He got activated off the IR, but then was – um. He was made inactive. I guess he was kind of a game-time decision where he couldn't go in that last game of the regular season. So your touchdown guys catching the ball. You get Calvin Ridley with eight touchdowns. Evan Ingram with four. Christian Kirk with three touchdowns. Zay Jones had two touchdown catches. Travis Etienne also a touchdown catch. Plus, you know, we gave you his rushing stats. I can, you know, I can bounce up the, those again. Uh, actual rushing touchdowns, Travis Etienne with 11 touchdowns, plus he had a touchdown catching the football. Zay Jones had two touchdown catches. Jamal Agnew got one touchdown catch before he got injured. Uh, Parker Washington, the rookie out of Penn State, had two touchdown grabs. He was kind of filling in for Christian Kirk when Kirk was injured late in the year. You had two guys trying to you know, you had two guys trying to put up the numbers, you know, maybe Zay Jones plus Parker Washington. They were, you know, trying to put up some numbers. Uh, Brenton Strange, the rookie tight end, second round pick, had one touchdown grab. Um, receptions, Brenton Strange, just five receptions um, for 35 yards. Those are some of the numbers. So, I can roll down. Let's roll down the defense. Let's just, let's just, why don't we just isolate on sacks right now? Boise Olakan, who had 173 tackles to lead the Jaguars in tackling, had two and a half sacks. Uh, Devin Lloyd, this kind of surprised me. Devin Lloyd, no sacks. Um... Rayshon Jenkins, our guy we're saluting because he wore because he wears number two, had one sack. Josh Allen got the sack record. The Jacksonville Jaguars sack record was previously, I think, 16 and a half by Calais Campbell. Josh Allen ended up with 17 and a half sacks. I'd have to go back and check Calais. Calais might have been what, 15 and a half, 16 sacks that year. And then 
The record was broken by Josh Allen in the Panthers game. And then Josh got another sack in the last game, you know, in the, you know, sadly in the loss against the Titans, he got a sack in that game, 17 and a half sacks on the season for Josh Allen. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris playing the big end right on the line. He kind of reminds me more of a D tackle, but he's officially a DN. Roy Robertson Harris had three and a half sacks. Um, let's see. Antonio Johnson, the guy I really like, can play safety in a lot of positions. He had a sack also late in the year. I think during one of the podcasts, I might have said he had an interception when it was actually a sack. I meant to say sack, but I think I said interception in one of the earlier podcasts. But he had he had one sack on the season. Um, the big sack leader, without a doubt, was Josh Allen. He led the team in sacks with 17 and a half sacks. Let's see where Trayvon Walker finished with sacks. I'm looking up Trayvon. There's Trayvon there. Um, Trayvon in his second year, number one overall draft pick in 2022. Let me see here. Trayvon Walker, Trayvon Walker. There he is. 10 sacks on the year and even 10 sacks. So those are your sack guys. Josh Allen has got to be re-signed. Trayvon Walker still we're looking for more improvement, looking for him to become even more of a uh, – we need him to become a dominating player. But still in year two, he did churn out 10 sacks. Josh Allen had 17 and a half sacks. Um, Trayvon Walker, 27 solo tackles. He assisted on 25 tackles, played in all 17 games. So Trayvon did play in all the games and got 10 sacks as well. Um, Boyseid Alakun, leading tackler for the Jaguars, 173 tackles. Devin Lloyd was number two with 127 tackles. Rayshon Jenkins, there he is, from the safety position, 101 tackles. Uh, let's see. Wow. He had 66 solo tackles, assisted on 35 tackles. Rayshon Jenkins in the top three in tackles with 101 tackles. Josh Allen had the big 17 and a half sacks. Ended up with 66 total tackles, and 43 of those tackles were solo tackles. 23 assisted tackles, 66 total tackles. Andre Sisco... 15 games played and was injured a couple of games. Uh, let's see. Cisco had a total number of tackles of 61, 42 solo tackles, 19 assisted tackles. And Andre Cisco was fifth in tackles. Your top five guys tackling the, you know, the opponent, Olicon, Lloyd, number two, Jenkins, three, Josh Allen, four, Cisco, five. Tyson Campbell out of Georgia was in the top six. He had, um, Tyson Campbell had some injuries, 11 games played, 42 solo tackles, 19 assisted tackles, 61 total tackles, two tackles for losses. And let's see, Tyson also had an interception. Uh, says here, Andre Sisko had four interceptions. 
And, you know, I told you earlier, Darius Williams had four. Let me find Darius. Where's Darius Williams on defense in the total stats? That's what I'm looking for. Now, Buster Brown played in 12 games. I'm just looking down at some of the other guys. Chad Muma. Now, Chad Muma got a little quiet, I think, later in the year, but he apparently he did play in all 17 games. Devon Hamilton, due to injuries, played in just eight games. And let's see. It's interesting. You have some, some offensive line guys that got a tackle, you know, due to, you know, after a fumble, they, they made the tackle on the, the team that grabbed the fumble from the Jaguars. Okay, so I'm looking for – I am absolutely – look, there he is. There's Darius Williams, cornerback for the Jaguars. He had four interceptions, but Andre Sisco had four also. But I guess Darius Williams was spotlighted four interceptions from the cornerback position. Sisco had four interceptions from the safety position. Rayshon Jenkins had two interceptions. Forsade Alakun from his linebacker spot did have an interception. And um, Antonio Johnson actually had two interceptions, and he had a sack on the year. I really like that guy. Fifth-round pick out of Texas A&M in late April of 2023. The Jaguars finished 9-8, and eight, and they actually finished second place. In the AFC South Division, they were tied with, uh, actually ended up tied with the Colts, what, at 9-8, and eight, but the Jags had beaten the Colts twice, so that's a tiebreaker. Jags do officially finish in second place at 9-8, and eight, one game behind the Houston Texans who finished at 10-7 and seven in the AFC South. Jaguars lost to the last place team on the last game of the season, game number 17, lost to the Titans. 28 to 20 in the season. That's a look at some of the numbers, you know, certainly not all of them, but, you know, hope you got something out of that. We'll take a look at the playoff games. There's only eight teams left now as we're already moving to it's Friday morning, January the 19th. We'll talk about playoffs, eight teams left in the NFL playoffs in the 2023 season, although it's January the 19th now, 2024. We'll talk playoffs. North Florida Entertainment and more coming up on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Man, I think in the last segment, everything processed. Amazing. Sometimes we have battles with the internet. Saluting Rayshon Jenkins, number two with the Jacksonville Jaguars. My contention is we need a bigger, stronger safety. I've seen Cisco run over at the goal line, but he's made great plays. He made four interceptions this year. He made some good tackles at times. Jenkins all over the field, no doubt. But, you know, I will say that I really believe that the Texas A&M kid, fifth-round pick, Antonio Johnson, could end up being something special perhaps. He had a good season. He's not a starter. Um, I don't think safety is a priority for the Jaguars, but if they drafted a strong safety in the third or fourth round, I would not complain or cry at all. 
I think the Jags need to spend the first two picks at least on the offense, maybe even the third pick, whatever they've got in picks. Um, I think I think the defense. You've got a lot of high draft picks on the defense. I think you go. I think you go a little later on the defense, fourth round. We're looking at day two and day three picks uh, for the Jags defense. But you've got to draft right. You've got to sign the right free agents. I think adding one or two free agent pieces, maybe that are really good players, that are free agents, maybe on prove-it deals for one year, two years. Because these free agent contracts, you can get out of them, I think, in most cases after two years anyway, even if it's a multi-year deal. But you need to have a defensive alignment on a prove-it deal for one year or at the most two years. I think the Jags need to sign one or two new defensive linemen via free agency in March. And then the draft, you got to concentrate on a high pick for the O-line, the interior, especially the O-line, guard, even center. If you find a great left tackle at 17, you might have to pull the trigger then also. But at number 17, interior, you might get perhaps the best guy or the second best interior player in the whole draft at number 17. Then in round two, you find a fast wide receiver. That's how I would approach it. But who am I? My name is Scott. I'm the host of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Man, it's been cold in Jacksonville. You people listening all over the world and all over the United States, we're listening to in as many as 39 states across the United States. It does get cold in North Florida on Wednesday what was Wednesday? Wednesday, January 17th, we got down to 31. On Thursday, January the 18th, we got down to 36. Meanwhile, Lake City, Florida was 34 over there in Larry Saucer country. Uh, Waycross, Georgia. And uh, Kenny, Kenny in our Facebook group, and he knows about the Georgia-Florida border. Waycross got down to 26 on Thursday morning. Uh, January the 18th. Now, Friday morning is not quite as cold. We got down to 47 degrees in Jacksonville. But let me tell you, the coldest day of the whole week is going to be this Sunday. Late Saturday night and this Sunday morning, we are expecting a freeze where temperatures in Jacksonville should drop below 32 and probably will be in the at least the upper 20s this Sunday morning. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast episode show number two. Do I dare take a look at the final eight? And the reason why you go out and get the free agents that fit the scheme. I think the current defensive group of the Jaguars with the right defensive coordinator, I think they could be molded. And a lot of them are young guys. They're going to be a year older next year. I think you still need to add a veteran or two via free agency particularly on the defensive line. We need to sign the Jaguars. I say we, but the Jaguars need to sign Josh Allen. It's time to lock him up. There's already about four teams, but, you know, the Jaguars and about three other teams mentioned and possibly signing free agent Josh Allen. The Jags need to – that needs to be a priority – Trayvon Walker on the third year of his rookie deal coming up, coming off 10 sacks. Trayvon needs to continue to improve. You got to build the defense around Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, and you got to hope 
Trayvon develops into a dominating player. That's what we need to see in 2024 and 2025 from Trayvon Walker. We need to re-sign Josh Allen as well. There's going to be some changes to the defense, some veterans coming in. There'll be some guys drafted, I hope, day two and three. I hope the offense is where the high picks come from in the um, April 2024 draft coming up. I should say it's April 2024 in the next draft. Taking a look at the playoffs, you draft the players, you make the uh, free agent signings because you want to make the playoffs. For me, we know there's already been one round of the playoffs, but for me, the real playoffs start when you get down to the final eight. Final eight in my hands here. I'm going to pick them like I did in round one. Round one, I went three and three against the spread. We need a little more luck this time, right? Well, first game of the weekend is going to be Saturday. January the 20th, Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens, 4.30 kickoff. When the pool came out, and I participate in a pool, and it's including playoffs this year, playoffs. Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore's a favorite. Baltimore's a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm not saying Houston's going to win the game, but I think they lose by less than nine-and-a-half points. They and maybe this maybe something crazy happens and they win the game, but I think this is going to be a closer than nine and a half point spread or nine and a half point game. Um, I'm going to take Houston. I'm going to take the Houston Texans and the nine and a half points in Baltimore. Green Bay, man, they was that an aberration where they destroyed Dallas. Dallas kept coming back, but man, they ran out of time. They, they were just got too far behind. Dallas lost that game to Green Bay, and they're at home now. They're watching at home with the Eagles. Green Bay beat Dallas 48-32. to I don't think Green Bay puts up 48 points this week. I think they get routed by the 49ers. I'm going to say the game is going to be 49ers 28, Green Bay 17, something along those lines. There could be more points than that, but I'm going to have the 49ers covering the nine and a half points their favorite. I'm going to take the 49ers at home to cover the nine and a half points, win the game, cover the spread. So I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers against the spread or to basically cover the spread. And that game is in San Francisco. The Green Bay at San Francisco game, and these teams have played in the playoffs in the past, as you know. Uh, that game is Saturday in primetime, Saturday night. Let's see, Saturday night, January the 20th. Kickoff at 8.15 p.m. The Houston at Baltimore game in Baltimore this Saturday afternoon, January the 20th at 4.30 p.m. I'm taking Houston against the spread to at least, you know, get inside the nine and a half points anyway. So I'm taking the Houston Texans to uh, win by the spread numbers. San Francisco to cover the nine and a half points over Green Bay in San Francisco this Saturday night, 8-15 kickoff. This Saturday night, January the 20th. The Sunday games on January the 21st, Tampa Bay at Detroit. I told John Gaylor, I I can see Detroit winning that game by three points, maybe four points, but not six. I think it's going to be close. Tampa's got a chance to win at the end, but Detroit, I think, can win this game. 
by a field goal at home, perhaps. But, man, Tampa's on a roll. They're playing hot. I think Tampa's actually playing better football than Detroit. Detroit did beat the Rams by one point. We picked the Rams, and Detroit did not cover last week. So the Rams were the good pick, even though they lost the game by one point. We're going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the spread and get within. Well, we're going to take Tampa Bay in the six points. We're saying Tampa Bay's going to lose by less than six points or maybe even win the game. We'll take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Detroit. That game in Detroit is uh, this Sunday afternoon. This Sunday afternoon, January the 21st. This Sunday afternoon, January 21st at 3 o'clock p.m. We're taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win by the spread numbers. Buffalo Bills at home, and that's the key thing. Buffalo is at home. They don't have to deal with the loud, and and it could be one of the loudest crowds in the NFL, Kansas City. I've watched games in Kansas City for years at at the famous Arrowhead Stadium or whatever they call it now. That place, it gets so loud, it looks like that stadium's moving to me. Kansas City's got to go on the road up to Buffalo. Buffalo's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Buffalo wins that thing by a field goal, baby. Three points or more. We're going to say three points. They cover the two and a half points. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. Those are my picks this week against the spread, mind you. Those were the lines when the pool was done a couple of days ago, and I I jumped right back into the pool. So I'm taking against the spread now, the Houston Texans, the San Francisco 49ers, I haven't picked them in a while, but I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were disappointing early in the year for me when I picked them a time or two, but I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs. They may not win the game, but they're going to lose by less than six points. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to cover the two-and-a-half-point spread and win that thing by a three-point field goal over Kansas City up in Buffalo. Those are my picks. Houston, Houston Texans, San Francisco 49ers. I'm also taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills. We'll take a look at North. Those are our picks for the NFL playoffs in the very, very crucial and important final eight. For me, this is when the real playoffs start. We'll take a look at North Florida Entertainment coming up next on the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Thank you for listening. Okay, well, you guys know the NIL stuff's going on. The Gators, you know, have signed some some players. The SEC is going to be interesting in college football. We're probably going to talk more college football in the next episode. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Nick Saban's retired. Um, Alabama's already hired the guy. What's his name? DeBoer, the head coach from Washington. So college football is is going to heat up. Jimbo Fisher is gone from Texas A&M. Man, that Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban rivalry we expected every year is over with. It's gone. Texas Texas and Oklahoma both will enter the SEC, and I think it's going to be one long conference, no divisional play. I guess the top two teams um, in the 
entire league go to the SEC championship game, but I don't know all the details, but SEC football has two new teams coming in. They officially come in in the summer of 2024, Texas A&M. I'm sorry, Texas and Oklahoma. Texas A&M has already been in the conference for several years, but Texas and Oklahoma are coming into the SEC to make it a 16-team league, my favorite college football league forever since I was probably six or seven years old. Started following Florida Gator football around 1970, and most of the games were on the radio back then. Get a few regional games, might get, believe it or not, back in the 1970s, early, mid-1970s, you might get three Gator games on TV, probably Georgia, Florida, maybe Florida, Florida State, Florida. And I think maybe early in the year we got Tennessee and Florida, and Florida wasn't even playing Tennessee every year back in the uh, early 1970s, but they did play them a few times. And they were both in the SEC, and they even played in the Gator Bowl game. Two SEC teams playing each other in the Gator Bowl game. The first score I ever remember as a kid was the, and I really didn't follow the 1969 season. I really didn't start following Florida Gator football until the 1970 season, but I do remember that last bowl game from the 69 season, which would have been virtually pretty close to almost 1970. When Florida beat Tennessee, Florida 14, Tennessee 13. That's absolutely the first college football score I ever remember as a kid. Let's uh, take a look at North Florida Entertainment. Uh, first thing I'm going to do is, you know, part of North Florida Entertainment is the Jacksonville Iceman. Probably the greatest entertainment value. The greatest entertainment value for families in North Florida is East Coast Hockey League hockey and the Jacksonville Iceman. Um, we'll take a look at the standings. If I can get the standings up, we'll pull them up now. Um, pull up the Southern Division. There's been games going on in January, been some home games in January. The Iceman's still playing very, very well. 19 wins, only 14 losses, three overtime losses. And, you know, I also... One thing that's cool, I'm going to try to pull up some of the results. Um, yeah, give me a second. We'll try to pull up some of the results because there's been some games. You know, there was the Lizard Kings weekend last weekend when I think the uh, Iceman donned the old Jacksonville Lizard Kings logo and, and uniforms of a former um, of a former Jacksonville minor league hockey team, the Jacksonville Lizard Kings. Of course, the Icemen are the team now, but they have these retro uh, weekends where they'll wear the old Lizard King uniforms. I wish they'd do the Barons one year, too, because when I first started watching hockey, you know, around the early to mid-1970s, we had the Jacksonville Barons in Jacksonville in 74 and 75. The Rockets were kind of before my time in the early 70s. I remember watching a sportscast one time when I was probably five or six years old. They said the Rockets had, had lost like, well, they were like 0-25 and 1. That was probably the worst hockey team in the history of Jacksonville, Florida, as far as minor league hockey goes. Let me see if I can pull up some results. 
That was early 70s. The worst hockey team in Jacksonville was early 70s, Jacksonville Rockets. Although they had some good teams too, or some better teams. But one year they were really, really bad, as I understand it. Let me pull up some um, recent hockey scores. Jacksonville Iceman. Let's see. Jacksonville Iceman, South Carolina, the Iceman. Uh, beat the South Carolina Stingrays back on January 14th. Iceman outskated the South Carolina Stingrays 2-1. to one. Had to have got some good goaltending in that one. Back on January the 14th, the Jacksonville Iceman 2, the South Carolina Stingrays 1. Uh, let's see, there were some, some other games last weekend. Iceman lost to the first place Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Greenville Swamp Rabbits 2. The Iceman won, and uh, let's see, that game was played, that game was played back on January the 13th, that was in Jacksonville too, Greenville Swamp Rabbits 2, Jacksonville Iceman won back on January the 13th, and uh, going back in time, there's a lot of teams in the East Coast Hockey League, there's over, over 20 teams in the league, there's four big divisions in the league, Jacksonville Iceman. This was a good win for the Iceman back on January the 12th at home. Uh, the Iceman disposed of the South Carolina Stingrays and scored five goals. The Jacksonville Iceman, five. The South Carolina Stingrays, two. Back on January the 12th. So that's some of the latest hockey action for the Jacksonville Iceman. You know, we can go. Heck, we can go back to the we can go back to the standings, and um, let's um, have the Iceman winning like they've won eighteen games now, right? Let's go back and check the East Coast Hockey League standings. The Iceman, we just checked them a moment ago. East Coast Hockey League. This is the twenty. The actual 2023-24 season. So let's pull up. Let's pull up the standings. Okay, here we go. This is a little bit of a different look. I, you know, I pull up the standings from from different sources and situations. Okay, Iceman have now won 19 games, according to what I'm looking at here. Third place in the Southern Division of the East Coast Hockey League. 36 games in, the Iceman now 19-14 with three overtime losses. That's very, very good. Uh, Greenville Swamp Rabbits are in first place with 53 total points. Orlando, the Orlando Solar Bears have, the, the, the Orlando Solar Bears have really come on and he kind of emerged as a good team here in 2024. Um, let's see, the Solar Bears are in second place with 44 total points. Iceman in third, Jacksonville Iceman with 41 total points in the standings in third place in the Southern Division. South Carolina Stingrays are at 40 total points. Florida Everblades with 39 points in fifth place. Savannah Ghost Pirates in sixth place with 31 total points. Savannah Ghost Pirates with 31 total points. And their Georgia counterpart from the north, the Atlanta Gladiators, are in last place with 27 total points. Atlanta has really fallen on tough times in hockey. The Gladiators, 35 games in, 13-21, and 21, and one overtime loss. 
when you take a look, because I've always been interested in how many teams are in this league. They've got in the uh, Central Division, they've got, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, including the Toledo Walleye, the longtime Fort Wayne Comets who've been around forever. That is seven teams, seven teams in the Central Division. They got a mountain division, including the Kansas City Mavericks, Idaho Steelheads, Tulsa Oilers, Rapid City Rush, Allen Americans, seven teams in the mountain division, North Division, got another seven teams, and in the Southern Division, you got, heck, another seven teams. Seven teams, four divisions, that's 28 teams. In the East Coast Hockey League, if you didn't know it, that's a lot of hockey teams. That's a big minor league of hockey, the East Coast Hockey League now, with 28 teams in their league. We'll take a look. We're absolutely going to take a look at uh, North Florida Entertainment. We've kind of given you the big update. The Icemen now are actually up to 19 wins. Based on the standings I just looked at, I think some standings earlier said 18, but now officially it looks like they've got 19 wins in the East Coast Hockey League Southern Division. They play teams from other divisions too, and it's a big league, 28 teams in the East Coast Hockey League. Let's pull up. Absolutely, we're going to pull up the uh, the concerts coming up. we got to go fetch some more concerts too, but let's give you a few that are coming up. Um, this is January the 19th as we check, uh, North Florida entertainment. Um, Kansas has, Kansas from dust in the wind fame came and went, they were in North Florida, Kansas played the Florida theater back on January the 12th in Jacksonville. That was back on January the 12th. And now you got Gladys Knight performing in February, February 13th of 2024 at eight o'clock PM at the Florida theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, ZZ Top coming to Jacksonville. ZZ Top, good friend of mine when we were kids, used to call him ZZ Pop Top. But there's ZZ Top performing on March 5th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. That's ZZ Top performing on March the 5th of 2024 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, the Starship featuring Mickey Davis at 7.30 p.m. on March the 9th of 2024 at the Thrasher Horn Center over in Orange Park, Florida, just across the border, just across the county line, the Duval-Clay County line, where it comes together. Again, that'll be the Starship featuring Mickey Davis at 7.30 p.m. on March the 9th of 2024 at the Thrasher Horn Center in Orange Park, Florida. The group Widespread Panic will do Three shows, not one, not two, but three shows in St. Augustine. And these guys have been around a long time. There's some veterans. Um, anytime I've ever heard a song by them, I've usually liked it, but I'm not a real aficionado on the group. But we are going to talk about them on North Florida Entertainment, the group Widespread Panic. We will be performing in St. Augustine. That's a group, Widespread Panic, will be performing in St. Augustine, Florida for three nights and three shows on March 22nd, March 23rd, and March the 24th of 2024 p.m. First two nights will be at 7 o'clock p.m. on the first two nights, 
And then a 6.30 p.m. concert start for Widespread Panic on Sunday night, March the 24th, on the final night of their three nights in St. Augustine, Florida, at the St. Augustine Theater. Widespread Panic, March 22nd, March 23rd, March the 24th, in St. Augustine, Florida, at the St. Augustine, uh, Florida Amphitheater. Here's a good one. Hootie and the Blowfish, several months down the road. Hootie and the Blowfish on Friday night, September the 27th of 2024 at 7 o'clock p.m. at the big venue at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. And what better way to wrap up North Florida Entertainment? Let's grab the latest uh, weather report. Going to get cold. It's been cold most of this week. We got a little bit of a reprieve Friday morning with a low temperature of 47 but it's going to get back down into the 30s. And even this Sunday morning, we could see the upper 20s. Let's give you an updated look at the uh, Jacksonville and North Florida weather report. Um, still, a, there's a slight chance of rain that's come back into the fray. We got a little bit of rain thir- late Thursday afternoon in parts of Jacksonville on the south side, west side, surrounding areas. Uh, there is a slight chance of showers. Rain chance, we'll put it at about 20%. Uh, sky's clearing out now on Friday. We'll see a lot of sunshine on Friday with a high near 67. Southwest winds becoming northwest at about 6 to 14 miles per hour uh, during the daytime. Winds could, could actually gust as high as 21 miles per hour this weekend. Chance of rain, 20%. Uh, going to get cold again tonight on Friday night and Saturday morning. Low temperature around 32. Today's high 67. Saturday's high only 51. And Saturday night's low with wind chill values as low as 20. Official temperatures going down to near 29 this Sunday morning on January the 21st of 2024. Cold weather. We can't escape cold weather in North Florida. They can down south and south Florida, but up here in Duval, you get a little cold weather from time to time. Looks like the low temperature Sunday morning could get down as low as 29, and it may feel five to nine degrees colder than the actual temperatures with the uh, with the actual temperature with the windshield values, making it feel five to nine degrees colder Sunday morning than the actual temperature. That's a look at the weather report for North Florida. And that's going to about do it for episode show number two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Been fun being with you. Want to thank my executive producer, JC, who's pulling for those Buffalo Bills. I am too. I got Buffalo covering over Kansas City. It's going to be a tough game. Key thing is Buffalo's got KC in Buffalo. This time around, Buffalo's actually a two and a half point favorite. I think they covered it with a three or four point win. But now Kansas City is going to have a chance at the end, and I think so is Buffalo. This could be a really good game. There was really only one close game the first round of playoffs on the first weekend, last weekend. This weekend, I think we're going to see, in my opinion, much closer games. Although the San Francisco game, I'm expecting San Francisco to cover that spread. But I think the rest of the game should be relatively close. I think we're going to see more close games 
in round two of the playoffs. It's just my opinion. Special thank you to the guys that uh, make the show even better, our executive producer, JC, also Alex Nunry, our producer, and want to thank John Gaylor, our supporter, uh, correspondent, and contributor to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and also to uh, Big J Report. Dot com and our Facebook group, our BigJReport.com Facebook group as well. Thanks to our sponsors. We do want to thank, absolutely want to thank Saucer Realty and Capital. Um, hits.com great, absolutely great internet radio where it's all good. And the Mad Max Mix.Weebly.com, great internet radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. Thank you, Mad Max. Thank you, LakeUfallHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. And Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida. See uh, Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty and Capital. And by the way, you'll find links to Saucer Realty and Capital on our homepage at BigJReport.com. You'll find links to the MadMaxMix.Weebly.com in the outside the box section on our website and also in the Neighbors 2 section. And you'll find a link also to LakeUfallHits.com. Absolutely great internet radio. I'm your host for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott. And hey, this has been episode show number two. Episode show number two of the new year in 2024. This is absolutely now season number five of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And this has been episode show number two. Hey, thank you so much for listening in. I'm Scott, your host, and hey, I'm out. You guys have a great day, and enjoy all the games out there. Thank you for listening.